Okay, my objective today is to cover section 10.3, which is uh, an application of uh, the material covered in this chapter 10, but in the sense a little bit of an anecdote. Uh, but uh, I think it's useful to go through it, and in addition, it enables us to talk about different concepts of interest rate, which you should be familiar with. So the title of the section is Constructing State Contingent Claim Prices in a Risk-Free World, and that leads us to derive uh, the term structure. So what do we do? Is uh, What we do is that we first are going to assume this uh, existence of uh, a risk-free world. So this is a world here where each date is a state, or if you want, where at each date there is only one state, right? There is no uncertainty. At each date there is only one state. And then in that context, one first observes that what is typically viewed as a risk-free bond is nothing else than a road of security. Uh, sorry, what I should insist is in the notion of a discount bond, right? So if we talk about a discount bond, we are talking about arrow de bruce security. A discount bond indeed is a bond which by definition will pay only in one state of nature, which is by hypothesis at one date, at only one date. This is the prototype. And maybe I should write a little less uh, big. The prototype is instrument that pays um, Q1, uh, sorry, that, that costs Q1, that's the price, and that pays typically $1 instead of $1,000 instead of $1, but we are not going to make a difference here, in one date. So this is Arrow de Bruce Security 1 pays only at date 1, Arrow de Bruce Security 2 pays only at date 2, and Arrow de Bruce Security T pays only at date T. So indeed, these are discount bonds, they are risk-free, we are in a risk-free world, and they are totally similar to our Rodebrou securities. Hmm? Okay, now, if we take that uh, for given, then we arrive at the statement that the traditional discount, uh, the traditional coupon bonds, so if we have a coupon bond, They are, in the terms of in the terms of Chapter Ten, complex securities. Okay, a discount bond pays in only one state, that is, in only one date. A coupon bond is a complex securities because it is associated with a cash flow that uh, corresponds to payment at multiple dates, if you want, at multiple states. Hmm? And we start with the hypothesis, and or the example, of two discount bonds, one 778 bond, which is at, as a given price, so the price is given, uh, and the price is such that even though the face value is $1,000, that's the typical, typical unit for a coupon bond, the uh, current price is 1097 uh, and 81 cents. We have a second bond, which is a 558 bond, price at 109.32, 9.32nd. So for 1,000 face value, uh, the value of this promise to pay in the future uh, is uh, the current market value is 
and $2. Now, the coupons of these bonds are respectively uh, $778 or $78.75 for the first one, uh, $558 or $56.25 for the second one. Hmm? And the, it is clear when you write the cash flow as we have in table 10 tree that indeed we have a complex securities here. We have complex securities, they each pay at each date, that is in our terminology at each state, and we assume here a cash flow with five uh, period ahead, and each of them pay a coupon in the intermediate periods, and they pay the coupon plus the principal at the end date. These are complex securities. They pay in multiple states of nature. And then the, the, the discussion leads us to, to, to try to go back from uh, these complex securities to Arodebro securities, that is discount bonds, and to do sort of the dialectics. We go back from one to the next. The first thing is, can we, from complex securities and from the knowledge of the prices today of these complex securities, can we infer the price of the corresponding Arodebro securities, the corresponding discount bonds? Hmm? That's one direction. We go from the price of complex securities and we infer from that the price of Arodebro securities in this world, discount bonds. And in order to do that, we do as suggested in Table 10.4, we are going to int eliminate intermediate payments, okay? That's why we needed two. We needed two. We are going to sell one unit of uh, the uh, 778 bonds and uh, buy 1.4 unit of the 558 bonds. Why are these, what do these uh, terms correspond? They all correspond to trying to adjust the intermediate payment in such a way that at all intermediate date we have zero payments. So we get rid of the intermediate dates and we have payments only initially and only at the end. Okay? Thus, this portfolio of two complex securities lead us to uh, the equivalent of an Arodebro security or of a discount bond. It's not a very nice one. It's one that pays $400 five periods from now and that pays na uh, uh, and that cost $306 today which by dividing left and right by $400 lead us to say the price of $1 in five years is 76 cents and a half okay and here we are back at the Arro de Breux level right uh, there is a payment five periods from now for which we know the price today. This is the essential price that we have uh, in uncovered in this way, okay? Now, if we know that uh, it costs 76 cents in order to uh, obtain $1 in five years, we know that the corresponding rate of return on an annual basis can be de defined by the equation that I have written there. $1,000 give us 765 and I have added the, the decimal point and we know this is uh, the, the rate of return will be 1 plus R5 where R5 is on an annual basis thus 
we uh, put that to the fifth power, and that will give us, we solve this equation in the book, it is 0 0.078, but uh, I have a little note here which says that it might be wrong, so check that. The point is, so we get a number here, and that number is a rate of interest which is one element of the term structure. Okay, when we talk about the term structure of interest rate, we talk about successive interest rates corresponding each to the return on risk-free discount bonds with successively greater maturity. Here they are. Uh, we go one step further in the book in uh, 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 recovering the different maturities, the different uh, uh, rates of return on discount bonds, and maybe we should do one step in the case of risk-free government bond bonds selling at parts. So if we have uh, coupon bonds selling at par and uh, they have one to two, three years maturity, so below definition 10.1, we are thinking of uh, a coupon bonds which is selling at 1,000 and which is giving us one period from tomorrow, 1,006, okay, 6% 6 coupon plus 1,000, and clearly that means that we have a 6% rate of interest uh, in the meantime. But then we have a second, so that's R1. Then we have a second one, R2, which uh, corresponds to a 6 selling at par and giving us 6%, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of course I'm talking about 6% here, giving us 65 tomorrow and 1,065 the day after tomorrow. So we have 1,000 equal to 65 tomorrow at the rate 1 plus R1, but we know that 1 to be 6%, plus 1,065, 1 plus R2. This is the second element of the term structure. And this corresponds to the solution of that one equation in one unknown, which turns out to be 6.5113%. Uh, etc. To, to obtain the term structure 6%, 6.5113. The next one is 72644%. I'm just recopying what you have in the book. And R4 is 9.935%. Uh, uh, and these numbers, the term structure, are the ones that are recopied on the following table. We have 6% here. We have 6.5, 7.2, and 9.9%, which we transform into Aro de Breu securities. We go back from the term structure to the price of the corresponding uh, arrow de Bruce security or analogous discount bond price that you have here. Okay, and the table 10.6 just re-emphasize the fact that we have discount bonds are nothing else than arrow de Bruce claims in this arbitrary simplified world of a riskless, uh, ris simplified riskless world where each date corresponds to one state of nature or each state of nature corresponds to one date. The last bit is to observe that once we have these uh, 
uh, Arodebreu prices or these discontent prices, we can price arbitrary clash flow. Okay, so if we have an arbitrary clash flow such as this one, that is 80, 80, 80, and 1080, well, we have all the elements to price this cash flow either by using the Arodebreu security that we had in the table before, right? Uh, Arodebreu securities, which enables us to converse, convert each of these one date, one state cash flow into their certainty, their current equivalent, their present value. And uh, when we do that, what we are actually doing, and that requires of a, a very simple uh, comparison, a very simple uh, deduction, we are actually pricing uh, at Arodebreu security and equivalently discounting at the term structure. We uh, look at this with this new cash flow, new cash flow arbitrary, 60, 25, 150, and 300, and we are going to use Arodebreu securities, so we price 60 at the Arodebreu security price, uh, 25 at the Arodebreu security price, and when we do that, we are observing that, of course, we are doing nothing else than discounting at what we have identified just a minute ago as being the term structure rate corresponding to the uh, given maturity. So we are evaluating a risk-free project, as we have here, at the uh, Arrow de Bruy prices, as we are doing there, is nothing else than discounting at the term structure, uh, as we are doing in the last equation. I would like to conclude by drawing your attention to the notion of forward prices and forward rates. The term structure of interest rate corresponds to these annualized rate, which correspond in a sense to averages over uh, different periods, R2, uh, as we have here, correspond indeed to uh, an average between the rate that effectively applied between 0 and 1 and the rate that applies between 1 and 2. So we have 0, 1, and 2. We know that between 0 and 1, the rate is R1. We know that the rate between 0 and 2 is on an annual, annualized basis R2 and R2. The question we are asking is, what is actually the effective rate, or what we will call the forward rate, that applies between 1 and 2? Okay, And that's the rate that we call the forward rate that we have denoted here, F11, forward rate, the rate that applies for one period of time, starting at date 1. Uh, and this is the rate that we have listed here. Okay, now you can go one step further as we did do in the second equation here and observe that when we go for an additional date, 0, 1, 2, 3, we do have a rate from 0 to 1 which is R1. <coughs> we do have a rate which is the average over all these three dates which would be R3 and that's a term structure of interest rate, right? The cubic root of 1 plus R3 would be the, the equivalent term structure rate, then we have two concepts. We have uh, a concept which is the forward rate 
F12 that applies for two periods, okay, so we would have F12, which would be the rate that would go from date 1 to date 3 on a forward basis. Or we could have the rate that would go from uh, date 2 to date 3 on a forward basis, which we would call 2F1. Okay? And of course, uh, the two equations that we have at the bottom there tell us how we can identify each of one of these uh, and be very specific about which rate applies to when. Again, uh, the usual notation, the usual denomination is the forward rate. The forward rate, once you have more than one period ahead of us, is some sort of an average. Uh, sorry, I say the forward rate, I mean the term structure rate. The rate corresponding to the term structure is some sort of an average we can disentangle the elements of this average by using the concept of forward rate. Okay, this is made, uh, this point is made in the appendix, and uh, if you go uh, one step further, I'm not going to do it here, we show you in the appendix how you could possibly lock in this forward rate. In other words, uh, one once you identify a particular forward rate that applies for a given period in the future, uh, from the structure, the term structure of interest rate, you may decide that is a rate that you find attractive, that you write a rate that you would like to block and uh, or lock in, and there is way there are w ways to do that. Uh, it's a little bit of financial engineering, very simple one, described uh, in the appendix. Let me stop here.